Lifestyle. Oh my gosh. So we are finally back. I know y'all been on my ass. I'm so sorry, but she before me, the podcast, we are returning with some amazing stories. What's good is I've been in these streets, you know what I'm saying? I've been meeting a lot of people that I'm like, oh my gosh, this community would love, love to hear just the stories behind these women. And um, today I have the pleasure of introducing you guys to an amazing woman that I just met, instantly connect with, we're cracking up, and then just seeing the fire behind her, seeing the passion behind her, and just seeing the purpose behind her, I was like, yo, I need her on my show. Um, so with further ado, this is Yelly Bonds. How are Hi, you? Girl. I'm good, and I am so honored, first of all, to be here. This is actually my first time being interviewed on a podcast, so. Really? Yes, like, <laughs> seriously, it really is. So I am very honored and ecstatic that you chose me. I feel like the chosen one right now, <laughs> like. <laughs> You know, and I just have that like instinct of like, wow, this person is so powerful and uh, such an influencer. I knew that the moment I first met you and then you told me about your own podcast. Like you have a podcast with your Mm -hmm. cousins. My Um, sisters. Your sisters? Okay. And I was like, yo. And so I'm, I'm driving in the car the other day and yours popped up on my like timeline thing on my podcast. I'm like, oh, this is a podcast. So I just happened to click on one and it happened to be about um, you guys just expressing the emotions behind your young, your young cousin passing. And I'm just mm-hmm. listening to it and all of you are just so powerful. And I was like, yo, let me hurry up and interview. Let me hurry up and interview this child because um, <laughs> I need her. Just raw, authentic and genuine. And so welcome. Welcome. Uh, thank you. I really appreciate I really appreciate you saying those things because... <laughs> Honestly, that w- I think that was our last episode, and that was uh, some uh, a while ago. So when you said that people been on your ass, like same here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're but, like, come on with the get, come on with the stories now. Like, people don't realize that real life happens. Like it's great. We cranking out these episodes by the by a stream. Like, like. <laughs> Oh, give me a minute to breathe now. Shoot. Right. Um, but no, so I'm listening to the podcast and it, it really touched my heart because, you know, I had a um, a nephew who who was just really having some mental um, health issues and mm-hmm. so I'm in the car just crying and stuff and I could really connect. Um, yeah. But take me back to when you were a kid, what was your first encounter with emotions and how did you handle it? Girl, I was a very shy child. <laughs> it's like, well, I, was, oh, actually, I know that's probably very surprising to a lot of people. I'm actually still the same way. Um, I really have to uh, get comfortable. I think they call it ambiverts, where you're comfortable around your own crowd, but in public settings, you kind of pick and choose when you <laughs> want to come out your shell. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I remember like in school and stuff, I was always very quiet and shy um a lot of the time and I remember being in tune with not necessarily in tune I just remember experiencing feelings even as far as back as probably like the third grade like I remember feelings of like being insecure being aware of what people might think about me and at a very young age and what were some of the insecurities even at even in like as far as third grade Girl, 
I remember specifically this one time. <laughs> it's so crazy to think about now. As a child, I was very like frail and, and scrawny. Like I was so little. I, you know, I was short and I was just scrawny. I remember people saying like, oh, I can see your bones. But the funny part is that's not what I was insecure about. It was this one particular moment that stood out to me um, where I had a friend. She came over my house. and She was also very skinny. And we went, we were in the bathroom doing something, playing with water or something, you know, whatever third graders do. Um, and she lifted up her shirt and was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so skinny. Look how skinny I am. And, and I remember lifting up my shirt and I remember in my mind not being as skinny as her. And so from that point on, at the age of nine years old, I thought I was fat as hell. <laughs> like, no. like, and I've, and I've never been like, this. right now I, I'm well into my 30s, so I got a little juice now. But mm -hmm. that didn't start happening until I was like 25. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so I grew up, you know, just from that moment on, I've told this story um, a couple of times. It's just so funny how one moment can be the, mm -hmm. the root of insecurity in comparison, even at a young age as that. And I remember being insecure about my body at, at eight years old. Like I was frail as a stick. Like, yeah, yeah. And I think that that was like the moment where I just became like aware of like how I looked. Like I was also, like I said, I was very frail. So my eyes uh, seemed like really, you know, really almondy, really big. Mm -hmm. And at the time, um, I think I got braces in fifth grade. So like my teeth were starting to like grow, you know, getting into throwing up gang signs and stuff. Like it was really bad. <laughs> so, but I think that was the moment. <laughs> Yeah, no. And so how did you, how did you um, kind of come out of some of those battles? Like, cause very, very young, it could carry you very well through your adulthood and things like that. I mean, I definitely had yeah. pivotal moments where I was just like, I don't, my mom used to just buy us these bras that you would see on like the white commercials, the pointy ones. And I'm like, wait, I ain't wearing this. Like, I just hated having titties, like, because she would just buy these like awkward looking ass bras. And I was like, girl, this is making uh -huh. it worse. Like, not the Wonder Woman titties. Like, yeah. yeah, and that was my sister. So, like, I was the itty bitty committee. And then she had the big old, I was like, yo, and here, here we go with some pointy ass bras. Like, what? Not to top it off. You make it worse. And it was like, but I knew I didn't have a voice to tell my mom, like, you bogus as hell for this, right? You know you bogus, right? Because I didn't want to come off ungrateful. But how did you end up channeling some of that? Girl, I ain't channeling until I got about 24. <laughs> oh. So, like, I've, like, like I said, like, it took me a while to really come into myself. I think the moment that I realized that wow, I'm actually a pretty girl, like, was maybe around 18 when I went off to college, and all of these men are attracted to me, and I'm like, what you know, the like, hell is this? Snack. Like, Look at this whole snack. Right, <laughs> right, and so, you know, I so started what was missing, What was missing? What did you need in your teens to kind of propel you to help push that you know we have a lot of listeners who's like yeah. you know their, their parents they have young daughters and I have a lot of conversations with my friend as well just like what do you do with your daughter and I'm like these are some things that I do to try to start as early as possible but what did you need during that time like you know from your your early yeah. childhood to your teen and going into a woman you know what um 
wow, this can get deep very fast, but I'm not going to let it. <laughs> um, uh, I'll just kind of go start from where I am now and then kind of go backwards. Um, and this is actually the first time I'm talking about this publicly, but, you know, there was my, I had great parents growing up, right? Like they were mm -hmm. always there. They were very supportive. Um, but, you know, nothing, you know, thank God, like nothing traumatic has ever happened to me. Like, um, you know, nothing like no molestations, any of that, thank God. And I'm grateful for that experience. But because of, you know, we, we tend to label trauma as, as that, as getting molested, as getting, you know, abused. I didn't experience any of that. But what I didn't realize was that I did, I'm so scared to say this because <laughs> hopefully my mom would never hear this, but I'm just going to say it anyway, for the sake of whatever, transparency. Um, I kind of felt neglected in some areas from my parents still, like, um, we're working on our own, our relationship now, but like growing up, I didn't hear, I love you. Like I, we knew we loved each other. We, you know, we had a great picture, perfect family. I've never felt, yeah. I never felt that as a teenager. Like, oh, my parents never say, I, I love you. I didn't realize that until I was an adult. Mm -hmm. So a lot of yeah, things. The first time my mom said, I love you was, I was like 16 and I was like, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The first there's something I, about those words. It's something about you pouring a life into yeah. your ch children as much yeah. as possible. I love you. Yeah. You are beautiful. You're perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's you know, and it's it's not that I was neglected of love. It was just the words and you know, my mom never heard it from her mom. My dad mm -hmm. never I don't know if my dad heard from his mom, but my I don't recall my grandma being very affectionate and then my no. dad's let my dad's mm -hmm that my grandfather left their family when my great mm -hmm. when my dad was uh, graduating from eighth grade so mm -hmm. there's you know there's a lot of things that I'm realizing as an adult and that I realized that back then as a teenager you know yeah. as a result of those things that I'm realizing now um I, I feel like I just needed to be affirmed more in a lot of areas mm -hmm. and because yeah. I was always very silly um I was never like I was the the, the family clown like <laughs> I was okay. always cracking a joke doing something crazy popping a dance move like I was very you know always in dance top of my dance classic like I was always this you know bubbly excuse me funny person on the outside but in the inside I was actually very insecure Mm -hmm. And you know, I was, felt the need to like go back. I know sometimes we're like, we get to that point, we're like, I'm grown. You can't tell me shit now. <laughs> I'm grown. Do you ever, you never had that moment? I know you said this for the first time you've seen it publicly, like where you felt like, hey, you know what? I want to go back and just address this, you know, like, hey, mom and dad, this is how I felt. Um, no need ever to like want to just speak to them about it, um, even if it's coming from a place of love. This is so crazy that you're, I feel like I'm in a therapy session right now because honestly, this is, that's the place that I'm in now. I just told my parents like maybe like, what was that? Three weeks, like actually like almost two months ago now, exactly how I felt for the first time. And it was triggered mm. from a situation that didn't even have anything to do with me. Mm. So it's still we're settling, oh, it's still settling in your bones. Yeah, it's still settling. Like I like this is the first time because I've had a history of you know um, me speaking up and it backfiring on me. Like mm -hmm. I like from a teenager, I remember the first time I wrote my mom a letter about how I felt. I was kicked out the house. 
And mm. I had a great mom. I don't want to like just bash her. Like she she did yeah, the best that she course. could with what she, with the tools that she had. Like oh, she, sure. they were good yeah. people. So I don't want to bash her at all. That backfired on me. I got kicked out the house for the first time ever expressing myself. I yeah. wrote another letter at 22 years old, you know, thinking that's, you know, mom initiated. So mm-hmm. I wrote mm-hmm. a letter expressing how I felt completely backfired on me. I lost my virginity at 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And I was actually talking to Jarrell, my husband, about this. Um, I lost my virginity at 16 years old, but I didn't tell my mom until I was 22. So mm-hmm. I don't think that my mom thought that I was a virgin, but we never talked about it either. Yeah. Yeah. And even, you know, in the letter with me, you know, expressing these things, that backfired on me where I felt judged, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I felt mm-hmm. like, you know, dirty. And then, you know, this time I'm 30 years old, I express myself once again. And now it's awkward between us. And now mm-hmm. I don't really know, you know, we're working to resolve it. Like we're going to go to counseling and all of that, but it's definitely yeah. like a stepping stone to to getting there. And yeah. You know, one thing that we need to do is like, I, I give my parents grace because people can't give from what they don't have. <laughs> like, yeah, and I was just about to say, parents, <laughs> as parents, like you, they're settled in their ways. And a lot of mm-hmm. and most times, not saying that they, you know, don't have the room to change, but as, as cho- their children, we kind of have more wiggle room to settle into who we're going to be. Mm-hmm. And, and expect that generation. That- Oh, yeah. You know, I think that generation, um, they're not used to this new, like our generation of of empowered, like I have a voice now. We really have to begin to normalize receiving, right? And like I feel like that generation is not used to the receiving of any of this because anything outside of that is disrespectful or you're coming at me or you're throwing me under the bus or you're attacking me and all this stuff. And it's just like, no, this is a place for me to begin some healing in this this space um, so that I can fully expand and get to the next level where I need to go because otherwise I'm going to constantly be triggered. I'm going to constantly be triggered by stuff like that all the time. I was just talking to a friend about that and it's like, we can't grow up and get into these spaces and be mad at everybody else and be like, don't talk to me because you're triggering the fuck out of me. And it's like, right. no, I'm not. <laughs> you can't do that. At some point, you're going to have to deal with the issues yourself. And sometimes I mean, right. conversations need to be had. You know what I mean? So that I yes. can. So it may not necessarily be for your parents to to receive because they just don't know how to receive it, but more for your own expansion. Like, hey, exactly. you exactly. know, I got to tell you how it was or whatever, had some deep conversations <laughs> with my dad, even just last year about some stuff. And he was just like, he couldn't believe the words that was coming out of my mouth. I was like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's time. So <laughs> I totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah. So you begin to find this voice um, on your website. You know, uh, Yelly has her own um business where she helps you know creatives to um enhance their business or products and things online and you're about me you talked about there was a time in my life when I was silent mm-hmm. tell me about that time in a life where you just really felt silent uh, we were talking now that you were in your early 20s and you you're kind of finding a voice um <laughs> which all aligns with just us women really trying to find or navigate this place of worth confidence uh, purpose and things in our lives but yeah what about that time when you really just felt silent and what brought you out of it 
Yeah, those are all really great questions, Tess. Um, You know, just kind of going back to like what I was saying, like, I feel like every time that I spoke up, it was, it backfired on me. Mm -hmm. Like it was so, my, me not speaking up for myself was almost, it was almost like I would like to the point where I would go to the nail shop. If I didn't like my nails, I, they were maybe on the second nail, not even too far for them to change it. I wouldn't say anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. it was, it was that bad of me just not speaking up for myself. Um, I realized that, you know, the confidence that I had was directly correlated with my own healing that I needed to get, Mm. Um, my spiritual healing. Um, It was nothing that I did on my own at all. Um, I really had to like really take a deep dive and go to counseling. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That was the Mm -hmm. first step that I did. I went to counseling and she really, for the first time, broke down like some of the the reasons behind my silence and you know how I'm going through like the 16, 22, 30, mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, she's the one who helped me realize that okay. in a lot of Are ways. you able to share some of those like layers that she kind of broke down to you? Um, well, she really just took me back, you know, walked me back through my childhood. Now, this was my first time going to counseling. So I really did. I went in with no expectations. Um, I kind of feel I, I grew I grew up in a, a family of preachers and teachers and counselors and all of that shebang, mm-hmm. you name it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I kind of felt like I knew what my issues were already. Like okay. not that not that I was in a space where nobody could tell me nothing, but I felt like yeah. I knew what they were already. So when she was breaking things down, she was like stopping me in between. Um, mm. for example. I'll just take you to me being, you know, 22 and my mama (laughs) calling me, asking me, you know, I was living with her, her still calling me, asking me where I'm at. Like, like, what, what is, what is that? You know what I mean? (laughs) And like, why am I so triggered by that? I was so triggered by that because I, from a child, I felt emotionally responsible for my mom. I felt I had to carry a lot of her you know emotions I worked very close yeah I worked very closely with her I worked in her salon since I was like 12 years old so I heard a lot of conversations I heard Mm -hmm. you know I just heard a lot my mom has eight uh siblings four of them five of them being uh four four of them being sisters and so there was just a a lot of things that were just unpacked no, that's, <laughs> was, no, I think, first of all, I think it's awesome that you even have that recollection because, again, you know, going to counseling in our community is 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 becoming more normalized now. I think we begin, we're starting our own awakening that, hey, it's okay to tap in and dig some of that, that residue out that is conflicting you today um, in your relationships, right? And it's like, we, we desire so much on the other side, but we don't want to do the work to get there. And so sure. just... The fact that you were like, oh, yeah, I need this. But take me back to that moment. Like, you, mom- the moment you realized, you know what? And it might have just been just a simple thought. It could have just been an experience where you were like, you know what? I need to go. Girl, you know, getting out before of I, before a, I stab somebody. You know? <laughs> I was getting out of a relationship. <laughs> and I was like, I cannot keep being so, 
you know, I, I think the relationship, it wasn't the relationship I had. It was the relationship before that one that I was referring to that I had got out of was very mm-hmm. toxic, like okay. to the point where I'm like, girl, I, I like, I don't, I can't even like me thinking back on those moments. I can't even recognize myself. Like I'm, I've grown yes. so much. Oh, when you do that look and back, so, like who was I? After who was right, I? Exactly. <laughs> after I got out the toxic relationship, I got in another relationship where, you know, this guy, instead he didn't necessarily break me down in a rude way. It was more so he was, he was so insecure about himself that he would pr- project that on me and kind of make me, you know, I have a lot going on. You know what I mean? He would project that on me and make me feel down. And so it got to a point once we broke up that I'm like, I want to get some healing myself because I refuse to let another broken man break me. Like I with re- your broken ass. I mean, yeah. yeah with yeah. your broken, broke ass. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like I can't, I was like, I can't do this. So I was like, Yeah, absolutely. You know, of course, uh, I knew about counseling and I was just like, Well, I just wanna, I was like, I just, I'm gonna just try it out. So girl, I Googled <laughs> black counselors and female counselors in Chicago, and mm-hmm. I selected the, the second lady that whose picture was cute, and yeah. I <laughs> and I booked her and and it 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 was just like amazing like you know I I don't even think that I had like a really deep reason as to like why I decided to go to counseling I knew about Mm -hmm. it I just never done it and -hmm. at some point I need to get healing in some areas (laughs) like enough is enough uh and I just kind of want to send a message out there for anybody who is in a toxic relationship at some point you're making the choice to stay in that relationship Mm -hmm. Because of your own brokenness, because of the value that, you know, is so little. You might know that you value yourself, but something else is hovering over your or Mm. shining brighter than your value in order for you to stay in that toxic cycle. And it's a choice. It's a choice to break the cycle. And when you go through, and I'm I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump to relationship stuff, but I'm just thinking about the place that I was in. When you mm-hmm. go through like broken cycles of, in relationships, mm-hmm. it you literally have to accept the fact that okay, if I break up with this person, I know I'm going to be sad for a couple of months. I know that you know yeah. I'm gonna have yeah. the. I know I'm gonna want to text him. I know he might even text me. You have to go to the extreme measure of blocking that person, removing them from social media, and finding yourself a hobby and get and get in therapy <laughs> and do the work to heal because yeah. why yeah. don't like I like I'm I'm just like an advocate for getting out of toxic relationship and it's not it's not an easy task at all. Oh definitely not. And I think that self-awareness piece becomes so key when when we when we begin to find our own worth and value in ourselves and recognizing that I'm more powerful than this situation. Like I deserve so much more in this situation. Um, I want more in this situation. You know what I'm saying? More than this situation that's that's making me even become outside of my body or making me, you know, I'm always in this this emotional state of being angry or frustrated or triggered. Yes. And I think we're not, some women are not as aware of like themselves being in that space, yes. which makes it even more toxic. But when you do, and you start to recognize like that is your window to go ahead um, and go ahead and cut them ties, as I would say, trim the fat. But who, yeah. Ooh. Ooh, I like trim the fat. 
and that, and that's what I was about segue and I speak of trims and fat all the time and that like even in like not even just like you know boyfriend and girlfriend relationships um but even friendships like you begin to you begin to feel lighter and you begin to get clarity on the people yes. who are around you family members um anyone all types of relationships so who was yelly outside of that counts like outside of counseling when you begin to get more and more clarity about who you were and where your voice was what kind of trimming did you have to do and how hard was it for you yeah so i'm, I'm sure a lot of people are in the same sentiment where 2020 completely like Man. brought a lot of clarity and, and change to you know our lives and so for me you know I was by myself a, a lot like I mean I like it that mm -hmm. way you know what I mean? <laughs> but mm -hmm. I learned how to be single by myself when I literally could not you know go anywhere um and so I started literally just thinking about the simple things that would make me happy. So Amazon was my best friend. I'm not saying y'all go splurge on Amazon, but Amazon allowed me to discover what type of, and I'm, and I'm literally just speaking simple things. Like I, I want to get a no chip, like a UV light and do my own no chip manicure and pedicure. Yeah. So I started doing that to myself every month. I bought all of this facial stuff. I brought, you know, I, I really developed like a care for skincare and it became like a weekly Saturday ritual. I would clean my house and I would give myself a facial like every Saturday <laughs> um, and really just discovering that I can have my own hobbies with nobody looking. I can have the, mm. own, the things that I like with, with nobody say, I'm, I got a great job. I get paid great. I can buy what I want on Amazon. And so I'm going to buy things that, right. Okay. Not an app for Amazon. <laughs> um, not that they need it, um, but I'm going to buy the things and do the things that make me happy. And so those little things of me figuring out like the little things that I liked again, and that brought me joy. And honestly, it was a distraction from, you know, my own hurt uh, was, it was kind of like the stepping stone to, me me healing and it was mm -hmm. almost like I had to find myself and I had to learn how to like myself and like Ooh, my own personality yeah. like I was like really like at times just cracking up in myself with the stuff that I would say out loud unconsciously mm -hmm. <laughs> like and I would spend the next 10 minutes cracking up in myself that I like be talking to myself like wow I'm actually crazy so I started trying out new recipes I had um Hello oh, Fresh. Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> I, I, had, I had got Hello Fresh. I started revamping their recipes. I love to cook anyway. Um, so I just literally put myself on a routine mm -hmm. of this, this is what I'm gonna do to flush whatever out. On top of me just finding my spiritual growth too with, with the father. Like I literally I don't like reading. Like I know that's like I just don't. I, I'm not mm -hmm. a good reader audiobook from her books so no I I was like okay well let me just try to read the bible let me just try to pray a little bit more and so I wanted to in light of me trying to find discipline in some areas I got up every morning I read my bible I sang I played the little five notes on the guitar you know every morning and I laid there you know I you know I meditated a little bit and then 
I started my day. Hmm. I worked and then I did whatever I wanted to do at the end of the day. I bought a PlayStation. I played like games on my PlayStation. So the point of me saying all of that is that, you know, sometimes people think that healing takes so much. And sometimes it does. It can. It can. It may need a lot. But mm-hmm. you have to find out what you like and start liking yourself enough to know that you are not going to tolerate certain things or certain people or certain jobs or certain managers. In the midst of me finding my voice, Tiz, I told my job, I, I don't like my manager. I, I was like, I'll do whatever y'all want me to do, but I won't be working for him because mm. he was a racist bigot. <laughs> like, right, right. In the past, I would have just let that slide, you know, but and they switched, they gave me a new manager. Like, so. You brought up a couple things that like hit hit my soul. <laughs> One is like I always tell people that loneliness is the antidote to self identity. Um, I think that people are just like so afraid to be alone. They don't know what yeah. to do with themselves. But in the midst of that, you like you said, you learn to like yourself. You learn to mm-hmm. love yourself, and it's so so key. Like date yourself. You know what I'm saying? And stop placing all these expectations on the external world when like you're at a place where you don't even know who you are yeah (laughs) um so you have to get to a place of you know recognize who you are so that you can be so much more to other people you know um but the thing you the other thing you mentioned was just the healing piece in that loneliness I think that becomes such a powerful moment for you to just sit with yourself and allow yourself to release a lot of that, that packed in stuff, right? Like that residue that just kind of, you know, when you're washing dishes at the bottom of the, like the cup and you're like, get out. Right. Um, Uh Sometimes you can feel like, and I was just telling this to a friend, it's like, healing is an ongoing uh, process. Like you're always going to be doing dishes and you're always going to get that one cup that's still got the dang residue in the corner and you're just Uh fighting to get it out. And that's okay. You know what I mean? Like that is okay. um, Where we have those moments where some of that, like some of those things are still going to make trigger us. You know, I think healing is linear. It's like, it's ongoing. Um, Uh And then you can, can you, you can be triggered and you're like, and, and, and people feel like, oh, I'm going, I'm going backwards. I'm going backwards. It's like, no, like it's okay for you to be triggered. But now that you know who you are, yes. now that you are more empowered, you know how to handle you yes. know, yourself. You know how to go ahead and cry those tears and release what you need to release and, uh-huh. and keep it moving. Yes. I think that's powerful that, that you would be able to get to your space where you, um, you embody that now, you know what I'm saying? Because literally now you're gonna be like I already know because like when I met you I'm like man like she's on fire she her voice is strong (laughs) (laughs) in this place because a lot of people just haven't gotten there like they haven't gotten there down to when you said oh I would just let the nail color just be like whatever you know what I mean it's just those small things that you were being challenged with to even test your voice right Mm -hmm. and so now you're at a place where you have yell out loud um, yeah. your own branding your own business tell us how you got to that place and what you plan to do with it yeah so um you know yell out loud was about five different concepts before it actually landed on being what it is today um it was just took me so long to figure out what I wanted to do um because when I graduated from college I knew I wanted to be like in the marketing space but my resume, I think I put this on my website too. My resume was like account manager, account manager, account manager. I get promoted, but oh, you're another, you're just a glorified account manager. Like, yeah. so like yeah. that's 
you know, working for these different tech companies and things like that, like Mm -hmm. how hard it is to get promoted and how like your resume literally will box you in if you let it. And working in corporate, especially as a black woman, you know, I had to vouch for myself Mm -hmm. plenty of times. Like I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in right now. Like if I didn't vouch for myself and show my worth and show my face, like taking the ambivert off for a second so I can get this promotion real quick like yeah and so uh you know yell out loud started based off of what I was doing anyway um mm-hmm. so you know what I what I what the main part of the business is is just really just helping brands come up with content to post on social media to market themselves um one of the things that I like to do like of course anybody can pull content out of anywhere but where I like to pull the content out of is the message showing up making sure that the person's voice is heard that's you know (laughs) what Mm -hmm. I'm passionate about for myself making Mm -hmm. sure that the voice is heard making sure that the passion is heard and being able to translate that into creative content to post. Um, so I was doing that for my business anyway, my uh, dance, my dance camp that I run every summer, Destiny Dance Company. So I was doing that, you know, anyway, because I, we always say we're more than an eight count, you know, meaning it's more than about dancing. We mentor, cultivate, still confidence, all of the above. Um, so I, that's the message that I was trying to portray when every time I posted. Um, and so that just became like my passion. Um, and then I was also, you know, building websites. So like, you know, having the same thing, let's take your message and let's try to put that on your website instead of just saying, here are all my products. Mm-hmm. What, where can, can we get piece of, can we get a piece of you to show? And honestly speaking, um, you know, that's something that's very hard to sell to people because they don't realize they really need it until like I have a conversation with them and then they're like oh okay let's do it <laughs> like um I know we when we were talking briefly you're like girl you need to get your face out there you need to be ah uh, ah uh, uh. I live in the shadows I don't like to yeah and we and we do and I think that's you know naturally like I think most women you know live in the shadows of of something whether it's our, you know, whatever is in front of it, if we're not putting ourselves out there, then something is in front of it. Not saying you got to be, you know, flaunting yourself, but um, it's really just about the confidence monitor, like the confidence piece of, of all of that um, that I try to like really just pull out. And so, you know, Yell Out Loud, it's, it's still evolving for sure um, into what I want it to be. Now I'm like looking to collab with my husband, with his production business um, and just, you know, seeing how we can like come together like we have like a whole list of ideas that we want to do opening like content building facilities where people can come and just crank out anything that they need to crank out you know so there's a lot of things that you know we're working on in the midst but you mentioned your husband um i know you're you know newlywed and yeah. um, you're finding your voice you, you got your purpose so what are some things that you're doing even while in a relationship and maintaining this the you know great foundation you have with your husband and making sure you still have a voice to do your own thing right because i think sometimes as women we can get caught up in this whole idea that because i have so many pieces to my pie uh, will not even get caught up and we allow some of the other pieces to overshadow right um our our own our own personal space right 
And so what are some things that you do or are doing or plan to do to make sure that you, you know, can can still walk in purpose, but be an amazing wife as well? Yeah. Um, so I, listen, if you marry the right person, he going to pull your purpose out of you. Mm-hmm. Some purpose that you don't mm-hmm. even know. You better pull that purpose. Pull that purpose. And that's literally what happened in my situation. Situation. I can't speak that's that. real the push and pee right if, there right there if, for real if you are in true covenant with someone mm. you have but to grow whether you want to or not and it's going to be uncomfortable it's going to cause you to be very transparent in some areas it's going to cause you to realize things that you ain't never realized in your entire life <laughs> um yeah. so I just want to put say that but on the other side you know to answer your question um uh I just have to be very, you know, transparent, you know, with, with mm-hmm. Jarrell. I have to yeah. let him know how I'm feeling. You know, when I was by myself, I handle everything. In my businesses, I handle everything. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm the, I feel, I always say like, I feel like if I'm not rowing the boat, ain't nobody going to be rowing the boat. Like not with my husband, but like my businesses, like yeah, with absolutely. my And it's a lot better now, you know, thank God. But, um, it's just really just about communication with him, letting him know what's going on. And just you saying that reminds me, you know, like the last relationship I was talking about, you know, mm-hmm. I have all of these things going on that I know is my purpose, but yeah. here's somebody trying to like bring me down and tell me I need to slow down and and, and I need to just work on one it's thing at a time. Yeah. Versus Jarrell, he like, go for it. Like, what can I do to help you out? I got your back. You want to meet with somebody? I'll introduce yeah. you. Like, yeah. it's... It's more so him pushing me to do the things that I was already doing, but almost like him lifting me up and me just, you know what I mean, going around and, and doing it and fulfilling my purpose and vice versa. You know, I do the same for him too. Yeah. <laughs> for, basically, stop dating bombs and find somebody who's going to push that P. Who's going to push that P. Push that P, okay? In all ways, all right? <laughs> On your man. On <laughs> your husband, <laughs> <It's> silly. <laughs> but in, but in closing, what advice would you give to women who are who share a similar story, right? Like shy, who really who really struggle with, um, or has struggled with, or maybe still struggling with finding their voice so that they can ultimately get to their own um, place of worth and confidence and purpose. Uh, what would be some advice to just kind of navigate women in that space? Some advice that I would say is really just, you know, in whatever it looks like to you to really evaluate the depths of your heart and the depths of your, you know, soul, the depths of, you know, the things that you really need healing. I don't care how healed or great a person's life was. Life happens and there are sometimes unconscious bruises that happen along along the way so not to be like cliche or trendy but literally get in counseling <laughs> like that's probably my big... not your friend like your best no. friend telling them your whole no. life yeah the counselor is not your friend and yeah. you have to you know and if you don't like the counselor that you're with switch it like what are you talking about like if you don't <laughs> you know what I mean if somebody's doing your hair you don't like they do, the way they do your hair you go to somebody else yep. and so don't be afraid don't take one counselor and say oh well they didn't really help me okay keep trying until you get somebody keep talking it out 
and be honest with yourself about Ooh, what part. you truly mm-hmm. need healing in. And then also um, really evaluate what what needs to be removed from my life right now. What is not necessary or aiding to my personal mm-hmm. growth right now. If you are upset or triggered or sad 50%, I'll probably even say 30% of the month, something ain't right. Mm-hmm. So where's mm-hmm. that energy coming from? Where's that energy coming from that's making you feel this way? Whether it's depression, it don't have to even be from a relationship. It can be depression. It could be yeah. getting triggered. Somewhere along the lines, it was cute to always look like you got an attitude or walk around like you got an attitude <laughs> or mean all the time. Like, that shit ain't cute. Like, get it's help. Like, seek, it. seek therapy, okay? That's, you shouldn't, rest in bitch, it's not cute. Get it's help. Yes. It's not a thing. And yeah. so, and just, and just go for it. Like, and know that you got this. And, you know, if it is a relationship situation, like, it's okay. Like, just know that, well, my, one thing my husband says, he said, um, stop trying to find the one and become the one. Ooh. Do the work, the work yourself. Get mm-hmm. the healing. Yeah. If I would have never gotten healed, I would have never started singing, you know, because I started singing by myself. I would have never started making singing videos or playing on my guitar. I posted the video of me in the process of my healing on Facebook and Jarrell messaged me because he's into music. And so God or whoever you believe in, like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is, like mm-hmm. the, it, it works. The connections, the connections work. Yes. Your healing has power. Yeah. <laughs> like it has so much power. Let me get on Facebook and make a uh, video. Ah, see what, ah, yeah, girl, get one on. Get on there tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I appreciate you, man. That's real. That's so real. And I think um, another thing you said is just just being open to uh, to to receiving that too. You know, I think we we get so caught up in our stoicism, thinking that as black women, we have to be strong and and women of color in general, like just have to be strong, right? We always got to be strong and we have to carry all all this weight that's so unnecessary. Um, But you feel so much lighter on the other side when you realize you don't have to, right? And um, I think it's so amazing that you have gone through this this journey of self-discovery and self-identity, and it's brought you to this magical space where you're you're thriving, you're in love. Y'all make y'all little videos. I'm like, that is so cute. Like, this is Black love, y'all. Like, this is so cute. But just bringing yourself to, you know, to get to that space and understanding that, like, it, it, it takes work to get yourself to these spaces. Yeah. You know um, what? But you have to be wanting to do the work, you know? Yeah, you have to be wanting to do the work. And also realize that it's it's a, a journey. Um, I'm still in the journey. Like, I, my life may mm-hmm. seem like... I mean, and, I, and my life is great. I'm not going to say that it's not. But, I mean, I've expressed to you some very things that I haven't even said to anybody on <laughs> at the beginning mm-hmm. of this podcast, okay? Um, but it's definitely a journey, you know, and... And I accepted, I accepted it, that it was going to be a journey at the beginning of my process. So, well, this journey is, is, man, is, as my little girls would say, bussing, bussing. Okay. And I just feel like you're not allowed to say it, but I'm like, I use it in the wrong context all the time. I'm like, I'm getting old as hell, but you know. I think your your journey is is magical, is is it's on point. Thank you so much for just you know sharing your story. Uh, where can people find you on social media? 
Um, drop yeah. all your, you know what I'm saying, podcasts. Drop it. Okay. Drop it. <laughs> um, my podcast is Salt and Lit Podcast. Um, that's what it is on Instagram. My personal Instagram, where all the action happens with me and Jarell, <laughs> is Y-E-L-L, yell underscore out loud. Um, and yeah, and you can find all the information you need with anything else on my social media pages. So, but Tiz, I really appreciate this. This has been an honor. Like I just, when I met you, we had such a good energy vibing back and forth. Like just, I just really appreciate you. And I'm really honored that you uh, asked me to be a guest. Absolutely. And we'll definitely look forward to, well, I will definitely look forward to linking with y'all soon.